0: Hello everyone and welcome, welcome back to uh, VLGA Connect in the Summer Series and our very first governance update for 2021 and I think Steve, I've obviously caught you on the hop, you didn't realise we were starting back today because you're clearly not in work mode. Well
1: no Chris, I've, had, I've got my sunscreen, I've got my insect repellent and my Wilson's Prom on the beautiful track out from uh, Tidal River to Pillar Point and I've had... To, uh, to do this, I've had to wedge my laptop into a gum tree.
0: Very, very good. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure where you. my background is from. It's been provided to me. I'm in the studio. I've been, you know, some of us have had to keep working, but I do feel like um, I might get a little bit sunburned if I don't wear a hat. So if you can you just give me a second? Um, I've got a couple here. How's that? No. It? no. No, not enough brim. No, it's a little bit. I think that's no. a little bit old. Oh, I've got another one here to try.
1: Uh, no, a bit. Um, a bit top a, hat.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably a bit probably winter, because I had it the wrong bit, way around. Is that better? No. Yeah. No. Even so. No. No. I've only got one more option then. Steve, so it looks a bit like yours actually. How's that, Chris? As luck would have it, that's perfect. Oh, excellent. All right. Now we feel like we're appropriately dressed and ready to go. Um, lots to talk about, Steve. Um, firstly, can I uh, just acknowledge the appointment of Julie Reed as the new executive director of Local Government Victoria, Kingston CEO currently, of course, but going into that very important role for the sector from the first of March. Long-awaited appointment and congratulations to Julie. That's terrific. And of course, what that will do, uh, Steve, is create a vacancy at the ceo level at kingston and i'm trying to keep a watching brief on this because i'm always interested particularly at the start of the political cycle to see how um how these roles are affected i, I make five now so we've got hepburn kingston uh, because hepburn's uh, going to come up because evan king has been appointed as the ceo of the city of ballarat starting in Feb. so congratulations to evan as well likewise Big, big appointment there. Uh, Warrnambool, Macedon Rangers, Murrindindy, I think, are all still in acting or interim phases. We'll keep a watching brief on uh, that one. And while we're talking CEOs, can I also just acknowledge Phil Pinion, the CEO at Shire? My mail is that on the 18th, which I think is Monday, uh, he clocks up 50 years in local government. That is an outstanding performance,
1: Chris, and uh, yeah, congratulations to Phil for that, and anyone going through
0: Wedderburn should give a toot. You must be very close to that milestone yourself, are you, Steve? <laughs> I'm still a way off, Chris, thank still you. Away okay. Phil, Phil's been in, uh, I think, five states, certainly four, possibly five states, he's had roles during that, that period, so he's he's, he's worked the, the length and breadth of the country, and it's a fabulous effort, and I look forward to uh, uh, being hopefully involved in a more formal recognition of that in uh, in the weeks to come. Now, Thank in terms you. of the governance work that's happening, Steve, there's a couple of deadlines approaching. I wonder what you're hearing about how well councils are prepared with their new Council of Code of Conduct due by the 24th of Feb and their new community engagement policy due by the 1st of March. I think most are on track, Chris. Um,
1: there is a whisper, though, that some will struggle to meet those um, those deadlines and I think what's important is to um, get it as right as practically possible at the moment with a view to the fact that, you know, particularly the Code of Conduct should be a living document and um, well, probably the engagement policy as well, that they should be reviewed if they're not fit for purpose in any event.
0: Both important documents. I think the approach that I've seen since the new actors come in has been very much on uh, support and assistance to help the sector meet those uh, those uh, tasks, not necessarily the targets, and and not so much a, a heavy handed compliance approach. And I think it'd be a good thing if that sort of continued.
1: Oh, absolutely, Chris. And I think that's been that real challenge. You know, when the uh, when local government Victoria started posting the pathway documents. Um, onto the engage vic website that the intention was still to take a principles-based approach and i agree with you completely regarding um i guess the ineffectiveness of a heavy-handed approach
0: what then now what else is coming this year it's a pretty heavy schedule of uh milestones i think under the new act as well through 2021 yeah i mean chris i,
1: I think in in terms of the number of documents not or processes, not quite so many, but the significance of those documents in the integrated strategic planning and reporting framework um, is significant because everything other than the asset plan needs to be done um, this year. Uh, Rating and revenue strategy in June, um, community vision in October, uh, financial plan in October, council plan in October. Um, So that's a really heavy body of work that we'll need to build on the community engagement strategy. Uh, There's also a little gift policy uh, required um, in April. Um, Again, that sort of sits nicely with code of conduct and conflict of interest kind of work that the councils will be doing. And by December, there's some employment related matters, including the CEO, employment policy, uh, workforce plan, etc., um, but also complaints and procurement policies to be done by December. But really, if organisations have got capacity, um, there's no reason why that those last two pieces particularly couldn't be done a lot earlier.
0: So I'm particularly interested to see how the sector goes about the workforce planning task. Um, you mentioned Staff Code of Conduct as well. I think one of the inputs, I guess, to that workforce planning task is going to be the Gender Equality Act requirements, which local governments also got to be aware of. In fact, you put it before we recorded, you put it very succinctly. How did, how did that go in terms of the two pieces of legislation? Well, well I've
1: got to say I'm plagiarising from the Commissioner for Gender Equality um, and a release um, this week that's on, on that website that compliance with the Gender Equality Act will lead to compliance with the Local Government Act. But compliance with those relevant provisions of the Local Government Act will not necessarily bring compliance with the Gender Equality Act. So there is um, a resource that's been circulated this week um, in four parts, Chris, which should be useful to councils, and and that includes the need to start by doing workplace gender audits. Where are we at at the moment and getting some good data on which we can base progress. So gender equality action plans, Chris, is the second part. Um, And that really means that each council will need to develop a plan as to, um, based on that data, where it intends to, um, how it intends to set some targets and and the means by which it will get there. And I'm presuming that a big part of that will be looking at, um, in a really hard-nosed way, current barriers to gender equality in those workforces and some of those will be quite traditional ways of working that will need to be um, upset perhaps, which will be good. Um, Gender impact assessments will need to be done, that's the third part for any new or revised policies, programs or services. And I would have thought that's not too hard really, Chris, if we are consulting Um, in accordance with our community engagement framework, just making sure that a gender lens is applied, Um, you know, even to things as simple as or seemingly simple as um, designer footpaths and the utility for pedestrians gender utility um assessment would be a good thing and the fourth part of that um information on that website is some leading practices resources for local government so it's not that any of this is new there's uh there's a bunch of work being done elsewhere and we should all profit from that
0: it is good to see though that that level of uh detailed support and guidance is is now coming out and the new uh, commissioner is obviously hard <laughs> at work and um, hopefully we'll have the chance to unpack some of that with with her in the very near future on the NGO yeah. Connect.
1: Chris, is a recurring theme on this too and I think it's really important not to look at this solely as a compliance exercise. Um, these measures are about making for better organisations, fairer organisations, organisations that will be employers of choice to attract and retain good staff and um, in the light of the uh, the sexual harassment report from VAGO uh, late last year, organisations that are less vulnerable um, to those personal and organisational risks.
0: That is another topic that we need to set aside some time to talk about. Um, I'm also reminded that the rating review came out towards the end of the year as well, another topic we need to set some time aside to talk about. Um, there's there's a lot happening around local there government is. at the moment. Yeah. Are we seriously going to keep these hats on for the whole show? Just just checking. I'm prepared to if you are. I don't mind, Chris. I haven't done my hair okay. this morning, but it's right. really up to you. Just, yeah, just getting me hot. Um, right. Now, a couple of other things I just wanted to note um, that we probably normally talk about with Catherine on the newsroom, but the newsroom's still in summer hiatus. Some people are having a a harder time getting back to work than others, I have to say, just quietly. So I think uh, Monday week, you can look forward to the newsroom being back as part of the summer series. Um, The return to the office uh, has been exercising my mind. The announcement this week about 25% of public sector and 50% private sector from next week, from the 18th. I think it's challenging some councils about where they sit in that. And consequently, what I'm hearing is... uh, you know, a lot of them are taking a different approach to uh, to another in the in the uh, you know the the, the very um, uh, well-meaning attempts to get this right, Chris. And I have warned you before about questions without notice because I've got I'm
1: equally unprepared on this particular topic. But as a practicality, doesn't it start with um, the need for organisations to provide a safe workplace? And that's not saying that. Oh, the only way of achieving a safe workplace is to continue to operate from home because councils are, you know, reasonably um, significant uh, resourced organizations that need to develop, you know, return to the office plans. But I would have presumed that every um, piece of action on this needs to be predicated on some good information around how are we going to provide a COVID safe work environment for staff when they do come back and what is the capacity of our municipal buildings um, to achieve that. So um, not a time to be doing nothing. And the question around whether local government is part of that public sector, um, I think the answer will emerge eventually anyway.
0: The answer is probably a pineapple, Steve. But that was a pretty well uh, uh, considered response without notice. I think one of the key things here, one of the key things here to note, is councils are so many different things to different people. So you've got Mm. customer service areas, you've got libraries, you've got back end staff, uh, which which is obviously clearly the uh, under the heading of of office based staff. But Mm. there are different considerations required to be made. So I think that's the point, and each council is going to have to make. Their best decisions and I think you'll see a few of them putting off uh, a fully fledged uh, return to the office for a bit longer Yeah, overlay that of course with the strong desire by some to continue working from home if they can and it's good to see that level of flexibility is there as well.
1: Yeah and I'm sure councils will be talking or you know CEOs and executives will be talking to their staff group because you're quite right some people are desperate to get back to the office some people are quite happy to leave it for a bit longer for a a variety of reasons.
0: The other thing that caught my eye, our friends at LGIU do a very good summary of uh, articles from around the country and the world, in fact, that impact on local government. And it was some comments made by uh, Linda Scott, the President of the Australian Local Government Association, about how councils are well-placed and strategically uh, placed to assist with the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. And I expect to hear a lot more discussion about how council facilities uh, might be used and what roles councils might play in that in the the very near future.
1: I would agree with you Chris and it's it's really been shown um, during 2020 um, in a number of areas where there are outbreaks that um, for example Wyndham council really stepped up in assisting with the contact tracing and local government is well resourced and who knew that in fact councils have a bit of experience in delivering immunisation services. So, um, as well as remembering the fact that if this is an emergency, um, the recovery phase is going to take a long time, and councils are front and centre um, in that piece of work.
0: All right, that, that was another one without notice. Well handled, uh, Steve. So you've got a couple of uh, a couple of classified notices for uh, VLGA members. Some some work you've been doing to to bring uh, a, a very good program of uh, guidance and assistance forward very, very soon. A couple of things, Chris, um, coming up here. Thanks for that. So the
1: first one is to flag that the Mayoral Fast Track event, the annual Mayoral Fast Track event is going to be held on the 5th of March. Um, Anyone wanting to make a long weekend in Melbourne, uh, of our um, rural councillors, um, that may well be quite convenient because uh, the event will be on the Friday, the 5th. Uh, We've got a great panel of speakers around topics of leadership, um, constructive uh, management of conflict in a code of conduct um, context, as well as the next 290 days um, engagement and uh, working with the councillor group most effectively during that time, and shaping up to be a really good program. And um, information to councillors will be going, mayors and councillors will be going out imminently on that one. Um, and in fact, by the time people watch this video, the information is probably on the VLGA website. Chris, we've got another um, group that we uh, facilitate at the VLGA, uh, which had previously been called the Councillor Advisory Network that we're just rebranding and reworking in the current year. The Councillor Advisory Network, formerly, was a grouping of the Councillor Delegates to the VLGA and Councillor Officers. We're going to continue with that, but we'll have more meetings. (laughs) Um, And what we'll do is have about six meetings for the year, three of them to be councillors and officers, and three meetings that will be officer only, really with a focus on um, initially in the coming 12 months, that sort of implementation phase, um, but really um, an underlying theme around supporting good governance policy. The other thing that works quite well in that group in the past, and we'd really hope it continues, is the amount of informal feedback that we can get and relay to local government, Victoria, um, I think is often invaluable. Um, not really noticed, but um, but a very effective way for us to uh, to get information and for council membership to uh, to convey that information in a way there it will be heard. So um, that information's on the VLJA website as well, and members will be getting information shortly about the dates for those meetings.
0: Excellent, Steve. Some great information. Uh, Looking forward to all of that. Now, before we wrap up, um, I wanted to note uh, my first nomination for uh, phrase of the year. So last year um, there were a range of them around, uh, you know, COVID idiots. Um, You're on mute was, was a good one. Um, I've got one for this year and it came from you, actually, not so long ago, uh, My Washing Machines Beeping, Can You Give Me a Moment? So <laughs> uh, I'm just lodging, <laughs> lodging Matt as the, as the first nomination for the year, okay?
1: Chris, I had thought that what happens in our pre-recording chat stays in that chat. <laughs> and those eagle-eyed viewers will know that I haven't got a washing machine out here on the, on the road to Pillar Point.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, so you're not really out there. Okay.
1: In so- fact, truth be, known, I haven't been to Wilson's Prom for a couple of years. I've really got to get back down here.
0: <laughs> My hat's off to you, literally, Stephen and, Cooper. And likewise, Thank I'm you. sure. We'll see you again very soon. That's been our first governance update for the year as part of the VLGA Connect Summer Series. Thanks for joining
1: us. See you again
0: today.